This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh!, and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras, so let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody, as always, is having a great week this week. And there is a lot of gaming news to talk about. We are just days away from this year's 2019 E3 event. And before this event is even coming, we're getting so many reveals before. This has been crazy. Of all the years that I've been following E3, I don't believe I've ever seen so many early reveals of games come out before e3 i don't know what the hell is going on i have never heard anything any dissension or anything going on as far as e3 is concerned but like sony and nintendo and a few others have been revealing you know details of games before then so it's been crazy but we got some news to talk about here definitely uh in the world of gaming including the recent pokemon direct that just came out and there's a lot of news to talk about that because there's some they are changing the game for that game series and adding on some really great things you know it's it's a wonder i talk about this all the time when in in terms of mario series with uh sigiru uh miyamoto and how he manages to change every mario game every single time and add something different which is why the longevity of that game has lasted so long and game freak does the exact same thing they follow the same formula you know have some of the same basic fundamentals but change it up uh you know differently every single time giving us something new and different to work with that way we go back to these games and we notice that there's a different experience throughout the whole thing you still have the same maps to some extent you'll have maybe the same style of fighting but to their credit they have added some different things and done some different things with the franchise i began to stop playing the pokemon games for a time because of the fact that they weren't i felt like they weren't doing it i think around the time when pokemon stadium was out for the 64 i was a little bit fed up because here we got a new updated system at the time in the 64 and i tended to be really pissed off i'm like all right we're finally in 3d let's see these actual creatures interact with each other in a way that we couldn't do it in the actual game boy system and here we are we're transferring all this data and information from the game boy onto the 64 and lo and behold they're still standing there they're still staying there still turn-based we're we're not seeing nearly enough i was highly upset at this stadium game and i'm like and i heard pokemon stadium 2 was just the same stuff it's like 
Come on, you gotta give us more. Thank goodness over the years, with better technology and, and more updated systems and new gen systems, we were able to see that. We got Pokin Tournament thanks to Bandai Namco who gave us, in my opinion, one of my favorite Pokemon experiences is Pokemon Tournament. Is that they're actually letting you see the Pokemon fight each other in such a way that I believe that that's the way you should see a Pokemon battle. And now, they even even the turn-based versions have even gotten better. Uh, they add, actually added some interactive moves and attacks and stuff in there. So you're getting a different flavor plus the open world or open city at the time allowed you to get in... A little bit more and, and get you more interactive and inverse with the actual world that they live in uh poke i give credit to pokemon y and x i love those games uh sun and moon was also really well done never got to play the other one um in the middle of those two but i love what they did with that and of course uh let's go pikachu and let's go eevee were really well done as a rehash of the original game and just very well done and it looks like that Game Freak is taken from that. I, I've had a hunch that that game was just a precursor for what they're about to do in this newer version, which even expands more of what they did from Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. You know, this was just like a prelude to, of things to come. And after what we saw from this Pokemon Direct, and they just, and from what they told us, they gave us just a little bit of what we're gonna see in this game. And this little bit to me was quite a bit. So let's talk about what we saw. A little bit of the highlights of what we saw on this one too. So one of the things that I really, really focused on and we can't deny, we gotta talk about this, the dynamic system. And the dynamic system, for those who didn't get a chance to see the Pokemon Direct, which you can, you could go on, uh, you can actually go on to YouTube, is up now, up and available now, you can check it out, or if you own a Nintendo Switch, it's on there now, you can check it out there, if you haven't already, but, the dy and, and this is all my opinion, from what I saw and what I felt, the dynamic system is a new game-changing aspect to me, uh, to the series, because now, you get to use these giant-sized Pokemon that can do heavy damage in a match, so these are like huge ginormous boss battles in a sense uh, these moves used by with the dynamic uh dynamics pokemon uh will become what is called powerful maximus so the dynamics pokemon are limited to a few turns per battle if you're using if you manage to catch one and yes you can catch one you are able to only use them a few times per battle now think about that i, I was thinking about that in a way of what is that uh Super Dragon Ball Heroes, the uh, world missions that is that just came out a while back, and they were I reviewed. You, uh, if you use a promotional card or a special card to some extent, you're only allowed to use those cards like once or twice per, you know, battle, depending on which card that you're using. And it's kind of like that, where because they do some type of special or heavy damage or damage or gain a great advantage in the match when you play it. So this is kind of in that certain type of format as well. So these types of Pokemon will be found in certain areas in, the, in what is called the Galar region, which includes also gems as well. Uh, you will have a chance to actually capture these Pokemon with the use of a giant Pokeball. Uh, they have not revealed 
it, to my knowledge, if I didn't catch it, they didn't reveal the name of what those giant Pokeballs are, but they're like huge Pokeballs that require two hands for you to throw at them. Uh, so it's really cool. You it, They enlarge and they actually you toss them over rather to catch them or to release a uh, Dynamics Pokemon in there. And it's, it's really, really cool. It, it, it really steps up the game and really changed the aspect of how you played the game before. So when they come in, you got to have a different strategy, and that's awesome. Uh, these dynamics—I'm sorry—these dynamics Pokemon will also consist of raid battles, which now gives you the chance to team up with your friends locally or others online to defeat giant-sized Pokemon. Only one of the trainers within these raid battles will be able to summon a dynamics Pokemon of their own so it will require you to be a little bit more strategic and hopefully if you're working with friends locally you guys can come up with a strategy as to when to summon that pokemon otherwise if you're online you guys hopefully will be able to know when's the be- when is the best time to release that pokemon because once you do it it needs to be at a time where you're gonna gain more leverage and advantage of the battle at the time so you got to be careful with that and i like that i like that factor um a new expanded world open world will be included in this series and if you see this open world it's first of all drop dead beautiful you could tell looking at it that it kind of takes you know shades of breath of the wild in a sense that type of open world so you get that feel i don't know if it's like all open world where it doesn't load or whatever like that but that would be awesome in the same sense i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that they're gonna take you know shades from uh breath of the wild with that open world thing so that'd be really cool you don't have to load into anything uh which you never really did you didn't do it in uh let's go pikachu or let's go eevee as well but it looks really great and it expanded it does there's not like an open world city it just looking like you're just traveling from you know countryside to countryside if you will and there's going to be a lot in this uh as you travel through the game you will see pokemon roaming around and living in in, uh, in new worlds here uh in the new world as well so there's also a sections of the world that are going to be considered called wild areas where you guessed it there will be variety of wild Pokemon in the Gala region. Uh, much like the previous games that you will venture through the uh, areas and cities where there's going to be some wild Pokemon in those areas as well. So expect that to happen as, you know, as this coming along as well. Uh, trainers will also have the use of new Pokemon uh, using your new version of the Rodham system uh, or the Rodham phone. It's not, if you guys remember from, I believe, I believe from Y and X and Sun and Moon, it was like your Pokedex, but it actually talks to you. This time they have a smartphone version of it. So this is like a new compact version of the phone, which has all your Pokedex uh, data in there, as well as other new functions that it will be able to do as well. I think uh, if you have certain vehicles or whatever like that, it'll be able to do some extra things once it attached to it um let's talk about the new pokemon in this too the new pokemon were introduced including wooloo if i'm pronouncing that right which is like a sheep pokemon uh gossifleur i'm probably butchering that which is a flowering pokemon that can evolve into what is called an eldegoss which is the evolved form of gossifleur which i 
wish they would give more simpler names here. Uh, Drenal, which is a bite Pokemon, and Corviknight, which is a raven Pokemon who can be your taxi to help you travel to different areas in the Gala region. Again, if you played any Pokemon game, there's always a bird type Pokemon that can always help you travel easier to, or a flight Pokemon that can help you travel to easier areas. So that's going to be that. They're also new characters that will be introduced into the series as well uh, that will be more of a focus in the storyline leon is the new gala region champion this really fly looking dude he looks like a pokemon character version of matt or jeff hardy or more like uh jeff hardy if you will from uh wwe or wrestling uh but he's wearing a cape and all the stuff and he has this cool swagger look and everything so uh leon will be the gala region no uh, the region champion there the baddest of the baddest over there uh there's also hop who is leon's little brother and your rival in the game your rival being that you is are going to be a part of the game as your avatar uh really interesting i didn't look this up but this could be a first i could be wrong here but this could be a first professor magnolia the game's possibly first female professor now granted again i haven't played all of the pokemon games so there could have been a, another female professor, but this is the first time I've ever seen a female professor in here, so if somebody can correct me on that. There's also Sonia, who is Professor Magnolia's granddaughter and assistant. I don't know. Could be wrong. This Sometimes storylines have been known to give you a twist, but who knows? This could be the main villain of the actual uh, series. So let's see how that goes from there. There's always a twist in these things. They haven't shown us or revealed a team rocket or any type of new uh evil organization of sorts in here so who knows it there could be a twist in this somewhere or it could be the professor magnolia as well who knows we we just don't know uh pokemon gems now have a more updated and advanced look it actually gives the look of the pokemon stadium that i was just mentioning from the 64 this uh looks like it, a actual stadium with an actual audience and showing both pokemon and trainers in the field much like pokemon let's go series as well so actually if you want to want to say it, it goes back to uh sun and moon actually that i believe really put it out there but it really didn't give us that really sports feel and i believe let's go and this one is going to has successfully done that more uh, to give you that more sports like feel to it so I think that's pretty damn cool. Um, they also have what it, uh, they also give you the uh, introduction of the grass gym leader Milo as well. Really cool buff like dude. He has a bunch of different you know pokeballs, like six pokeballs, uh, three on each side. It's really like he's ready to he's ready to compete. So uh, the last bit of news that the showcase actually revealed was two legendary Pokemon named uh, Zacian and Zama Zenta, which are two wolf-themed Pokemon here. Uh, Zacian, and I'm probably butchering that name, I gotta watch that again, carries a sword, and Zama Zenta has a shield built into its armor. Now, it's really interesting because I love the design of these characters. They kind of remind me of, if you guys are anime fans like that, they kind of remind me of the Ronin Warriors, you know, to some extent that type of armor with the tiger the white tiger used to wear and some cases saint seiya 
and I'll talk about more of who else looks like Sansea on, on this Sunday on Talk Time Live, the Prime Show, as well, because uh, some new pictures of a new much anticipated movie just came out. So I'll just leave it at that. You guys probably know what I'm talking about if you've already seen it. But um, yeah, so these are the two new legendary Pokemon. Now, here's my beef. Here's the one thing, and it was cute when it first started, but after a while, now grown me is looking at this, grown me who are paying, oh, I've always paid for my own games, but grown me here that looks back at these type of series and this and this marketing strategy that, these gaming marketing strategies that Game Freak has really started. They're the ones that really started doing this, and what I'm talking about is basically they began to do the two versions of games like you had red and blue i'm sorry yeah it was red and blue which was first started the very first pokemon games was red and blue yellow came out later which included you getting pikachu um but all these other game companies started doing it too Inti creates uh does it too with uh mark of the dragon as well the part that pisses me off about it is that the only difference about these games is that you get two different pokemon that you can't get in the other game you get both of these games think about this think about this for one second think about this for one second i know people tend to let their fandom take over but think about this for one second you're paying for the same game with just one extra additive and here's the thing about with, with um let's go pikachu and let's go eevee and why I did not even think about buying a second game. Because one, they're two of the same games with the two same experience. The only contrast from it is that you actually get eight different Pokemon. When it came to Let's, let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, same game experience, exact same game experience. And even more, I got an Eevee. I got three Eevees in my Pikachu version. If you buy Eevee, you can get Pikachu. In the same versions, and you could ca- you could carry him along, and you could pick him to come along with you and do the exact same thing. It's not worth paying for that if you're going to get the exact same experience. It's not worth it. So if you're going to buy two games that have the same experience, aren't you kind of really legit wasting your money? Even if the if you say like this this one has the legendary Pokemon that's exclusively to that, and the other one, it's really the same thing. It really is the same. Like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay another 40, 50, 60 dollars for a game that is another version of a game, no, you gotta give me something different. A few new levels, some some new weaponry, some not just one legendary Pokemon. I'm sorry, it's not worth it. There's no value in it. Your game will not have I've not seen a game go up in value as far as collectibles. Ever. Ever, because they're so you know. The, the, the production of it is just you can mass produce these things so much is there's no real value to it to some extent at least not yet but honestly is it really just really is not worth it in my opinion to do that like you got to give me something more you got to give me some new levels something new that will bring it to the table for me to say like all right after i play this and i play this version i want to go and play this version because you know, there's some new battles, there's some new stories, there's some, you gotta give more than that. To me, at this point, at this stage, you gotta up it, you gotta up the ante. So I've refused to pay for both. So if I like, particular, you know, I've never done that. I've never bought 
two versions of any i think no my that's not true i've actually brought red and then i brought yellow because yellow had pikachu in there and they never gave you pikachu but after that it was just like everything i was like i don't want to buy sapphire and ruby or because you're just getting the same thing but a different you know and they both both of the legendary pokemon are like equally powerful you just gotta like one or the other it's like people try to think that they you know i like how some gamers like to think that they like they're the shit because like they get both of them but honestly you're not that's not going to get you any more popularity honestly if it, if it should it should make you look like you know i want to say an idiot i don't want to say an idiot but you're kind of fooling yourself and you're you're allowing them to play you up by just getting both it as great as those games are getting the same experience and playing through the game over again just for one come on we deserve a little bit more than that i'm just saying but with that said i am absolutely happy to be able to play this game when it comes out on november 15th sword and shield will be released on november 15th 2019 i believe that's like the fourth quarter pretty much so gives you enough time to save money or, or pre-order it when it comes out and also they announced that a sword and shield dual pack will be available for purchase as well more info will be coming for that soon so i love the showcase i love everything about it i will probably absolutely invest in one of the versions of that game and guaranteed we'll enjoy it but damn if i'm going if i want to play it again i'm just playing a new version of the game i'll just restart a new game you know that's pretty much it but nah it's not worth it it's just not worth it in my opinion so that's my that's my thoughts on that new but i am absolutely psyched about this game that's coming out looks like it's going to give us a whole new venture and again they haven't given us all that was just a flavor of what they're of things to come in this game so maybe they will reveal that these two games will have different aspects and i hope so i just think that they really should give us more than just one legendary pokemon with the same experience that's just my opinion on that so uh just give a little bit of note other on other news uh more nintendo news actually new games added to nintendo in the month of june um classics city connection which is a it's not the most popular game i would say this is a cult classic if you will but it's a weirdly interesting game where it just involves a what looks like sort of a compact car uh driving away and being chased away by these other cars and the platforms that you're on you got to drive on every platform this is kind of like it's hard to describe but each platform that you're on you got to tail it and it you know your platforms become hollow and then they fill up with white color in it as you're going by i never understood the game itself but the game was so visually cool to see that you just played it just to see them doing it but you're being chased by other cars and there's these other platforms in different layers and different levels like a top level a middle level and a bottom level and you're just chasing around but you're filling up this car it's almost in a form in a way of pac-man in a sense and that was that was just the case i never really beat the game i just i never had an intention to beat the game i just loved the way that how they designed it and how the car just you know for a two for a 8-bit 2d game for a car to be able to you know have dimension like that and turn around 
in the way that it did. So they put a lot of framework and sprites into that sprite of the car. It was really cool, um, but that's gonna be available. The NES version of Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, is gonna be available as well. Now, the interesting part about this game and the original Double Dragon on the NES is that the NES wasn't as powerful as the arcade versions. And I, and by the way, the arcade version is available on the Nintendo Switch in the eShop. So if you wanna get that, you can buy that and own it in there, but you can also play the single player version on here. And that was the interesting part was the actual version on the game. First of all, they didn't have the graphic power to match the the actual one in the arcades. So they had a sort of a really cool looking 8-bit version. And two, you couldn't play as two players. They, they just didn't have the power to play two players like you do in the arcade version, which is why I own both Double Dragon 1 and 2 in our, uh, on the arcade, in the uh, archives version, because it was like you never got a chance to do that. Now, Double Dragon 2 is a little bit harder because the controls are different. Instead of actually using a punch or a regular punch, kick, jump, they have left punch, or left attack and right attack. So if somebody's coming at you on the left side, you gotta hit them with the left attack. And then if somebody's coming at you on the right, it's their right attack. But also it's really weird because like, if everybody's swarming at you, you gotta really know how to get through everybody. Luckily, there's a lot of enough free play for you to get through all these matches and you don't have to, that's how they got your quarters, man. They they, they would get a, they would get us for so many, for so much money on those arcades, man. This is why, Kind of why I believe arcades kind of died out because of the the carny like nature of some of these video games back then. I mean, God, the amount of quarters that people put into Street Fighter One and and uh, you know all these other games. It's just it was crazy. It was crazy because they were hard to beat games, really insanely hard to beat games. The last game that would be coming out is NES Volleyball, which I used to play. I never really was a fan of that one, but I knew there were people that really enjoyed that game. I would I really hope that they do which was a absolute classic that they bring back Super Volleyball. That was a great game. That was an absolutely great game, but also there no, there was an NES version of that game, but also there was also a uh, Super NES version too. Now, they have not re released Super NES games yet on the on Nintendo Online, which they absolutely can and I do predict that they're going to do that someday. But even if they get uh, volleyball in there, that would be awesome. And if they do get Super NES games, please get Saturday Night Slam Masters. That's all I'm saying. Or or Capcom. Come on, jump on that. Give us a whole Saturday Night Slam Master deal. I want to play that game again so bad. Uh, you, don't, you don't understand. So, uh, yeah, that's all for now on the Nintendo note. Let's go into some PlayStation news here. And which, very interesting. PlayStation 4 owners, we, we got an update. An update for uh, 6.70, which was reportedly to cause a lot of problems for some gamers involving YouTube, trophies, and other issues, are now officially fixed thanks to PlayStation 4's 6.71, which I believe has fixed all of those issues. But that's not the news that I want to talk about. The news that I want to talk about is this new beta that they're coming out with, which is, which is believe many on YouTube is believing it to be a 7.0 beta, but this new beta is going to be coming and it involves some PlayStation 4 features, including the ability to have remote play along with your controller on the iOS. For those of you Android 
owners, the iOS is the operating system for Apple products. So, which means that for the first time ever, we're going to be able to use a PlayStation controller to play games for Sony games on an iOS. Which means, I don't know if this means we're going to be able to play video games from the PlayStation 4 on an iPad, on an iPhone, which will be absolutely insanely awesome because I own an iPad and I don't necessarily play... I mean, that means if I could play some of my games and still watch TV, you don't understand how really cool that will be for me. That will be a game changer for me. You don't understand. (laughs) I mean, like, that will probably equal the amount of time that I play my Nintendo Switch. So that absolutely may change the game on a lot of things there. So not only that, but for those who play online a lot... um, that, that will also be a case, too, because they will allow you to now play up to 16 players. So for all you ACMG Nation gamers out there, you know, this can change the game. We can play tournament plays and all this stuff. Now, that's 16 is the default tournament level that we could play. So, I mean, this could change the game for our ACMG Facebook group as far as doing tournaments and such. So it just depends on how it works, how we're going to be able to put it all together and how we can make it happen. We'll see. I mean, this could be absolutely awesome. I wish they had this during the time we did the Mega Fist tournament, uh, Fighters tournament, and we could have had all the 16 people in one slot. It was hard to do because they were only allowed up to four at the time, and we had to just bring people in. Now we got all 16 people that are spectating, they're looking, that are playing. I mean, that's pretty damn awesome. Uh, um, I'm looking forward to that. I hope it works. Uh, I probably won't, you know, participate in that beta at the time i'll just let the pawns do it first so and figure out how to do it there but interesting thing about going back to the uh the remote play function on the ios is that people are wondering and speculating is this the new thing to do uh the new playstation vita if you will because we myself especially i have a huge library of games that I have on my in my account, or let alone on my two PlayStation Vitas that are, I'm looking at right now, that are li- really sadly collecting dust right now. But um, mostly thanks to the Switch. But they're still in there. My Japanese my games and my uh, U.S. games are still in there. But still, is this a means and a way to actually play the library in there some form of fashion? If that is the case, that will be fantastic. The amount of games that I have on that catalog, the catalog that I have is just immense. I mean, one of my favorites is, you know, Def Jam Fight for New York, which is just, again, I'm looking at my PS Vitas right now. They're just collecting dust right now, but it is in there for me to play. Uh, I know, and I did hear that the PS Vita has stopped um, production as well as the library in japan i don't know if that's the case but i hope not because i I swear to goodness if you don't if you guys never see what they have in japan it is amazing it is absolutely amazing um as to what they have there and my goodness i i i highly recommend if you're a true gamer if you love if you're a former importer like i used to like and i say the importer as the people used to buy import games and spend a lot of money on imported systems and games and and, and game genies and and uh swap disc and all that stuff 
go to the Japanese site and my God, the amount of games that they got in there is insane. Some of them are old games and I'm talking like rival schools. The first two rival schools, the one, the one rival schools game that never came to Japan, um, to America, but it came in. It actually did. It didn't come in to America uh, for the PlayStation, but it came in to the Sega Dreamcast in the form of Project Justice, which was like a graphically upgraded version of Rival Schools 2. In Japan, for the PlayStation 1, they came out with the sequel to Rival Schools, which had its own different, I believe it had a different storyline and everything too, but I don't, for some reason, they never brought it out to America. They came out in america with uh rival schools with uh project justice for the for the actual um what is that the dreamcast here so they actually you know it it's really cool if they can make that happen i will be more than happy to really invest in whatever they want for that ios or whatever they're doing with the ios system it's awesome because i those games they Old games, retro games, classic games should not be forgotten. And shout out to all of those retro gaming uh, fans that are preserving and keeping those lives. And I'm talking about friends of mine too, Adam Shub, uh, who paints, who pixel paints all the time. Uh, go on his Twitter, his uh, IG page, or follow him, Adam Shub. That's Adam, last name S H U B. Phenomenal painter. He paints a bunch of different video game paintings if you you've probably seen him in a few con local cons or some far auto con and all that stuff he's awesome i own two of his paintings I'll, if i can i will absolutely always buy more from him uh he's just that awesome and um you know matt papa who's in japan he works for nt creates he's been on the show before he he started out you know just doing a website for retro gaming and these guys are preserving true art these are absolutely true art these are not just games these are art you know, I always say, like, I'm cultured in a different way where people will go to the museum to to look at some of them uh, like Sargent and and uh, Rem, Rembrandt and all those other, you know, art, great artists out there. I'm playing video games made by, um, you know, KG Inafune and in, in illustrated, you know, drawn by him or, you know, Miyamoto or stuff like that. Those are my artists that I look. That is my gallery, if you will. You know, some people go to ballet. I go to professional wrestling. <laughs> it's a ballet of violence but it's still a form of art that they do art is everything people and i just love that they're preserving that type of genre and keeping it alive and nintendo as well keeping the old library alive with online and stuff like that so we'll see we'll see how this goes but i i hope that that's the means for them to rather let us play playstation 4 games on an ipad using the controller and the remote play or also that means we could play our old library as well we'll see i'm hoping crossing their fingers that whatever they're plotting or trying to do it actually works last bit of news and there will not be a final stage today because i have nothing to review but that that's definitely going to be down the line i actually i'm i'm really holding out there's nothing really i really want to review right now so i'm just waiting down the line for marvel ultimate alliance 3 and astral chain those i those are the two games i'm chomping at the bits for i have nothing else i will be reviewing uh, probably um shang soon when he comes out in the 18th uh and all the other dlcs or whatever comes out from there so um, i'll be checking those out but right now is i really have nothing yet that i feel like i want to review at the moment so we'll just keep it at that but the last bit of news i have 
And again, I talked about it in the beginning of the show in reference to how a lot of people are not coming to E3, whether they're still working on their projects or they're just reviewing, you know, stuff there. And I don't know what, what was the gist of this, but another company is not going to be at E3 this year, and that's Rocksteady Games. A lot of people have been wondering and waiting what this new project that they're working on is going to be. A lot of people were hoping it was going to be a Superman game. They have confirmed that it is not. Now, granted, take note, it is not a Superman game, but doesn't mean it doesn't involve Superman. So it could be Justice League. Who knows? Keep just keep your fingers crossed on that note. Could be DC related. Could be something else. Who knows? Uh, but they announced that they would not be showing any of their game, any of the um, the new news on the games, uh, the game that they're working on at this year's E3. And it's and it actually it's probably for the best. Last year, when PlayStation, which probably led to them doing the state of play now, decided not to do E3, last year was probably the worst presentation PlayStation has ever done in the history of the last few years. They came out and did this weird presentation where they had everybody move to different stadiums to check out their new games, and they had these really dorky performances and everything going on here. Um... But it was all smoke and mirrors because a lot of the games that they were premiering, there were no release dates. They showed um, Final Fantasy. Again, they just recently showed Final Fantasy on a state of play. No release date. So we don't have anything going on with there. And they just didn't have anything to really show that got people excited like they normally did years prior. And they showed Spider-Man, which we already knew that was coming out. We knew that was coming out already. That's, I mean, there was no form of excitement this year. Like... Nintendo blew everybody away. Nintendo was the was the winner of last year. So with that said, I think a lot of companies are looking at how PlayStation did and how maybe some other companies did where they weren't like things weren't finished or they were coming out and making promises they couldn't keep and stuff like that. So it was I honestly I don't blame them. I'm not mad. Um not even disappointed. I just, I'm actually think it's a strategic thing to do. If you're not ready, don't do it. You know, it's just not, it's just not the time. Uh, you, you don't want to rush a good game. And if you're talking about Rocksteady games, these guys have done all of the Arkham games and which is known to be arguably, and I only say arguably now because now Spider-Man's out and they kind of, Spider-Man is now stepping in to um, put their, you know, name in a hat. And as far in in the debate of what's the best, the greatest game based on a comic book ever. And you don't want to mess that up. The Arkham games were arguably some of the greatest comic book video games series of all time. They still are until Spider-Man comes out with one or two more games that are awesome, that are just as awesome. They still they still own, they still have the throne. Batman still has the throne for that. I mean, it's just absolutely freaking awesome. And from that point on we'll have to see i rocksteady has done tremendous they don't want to mess that momentum up so you know there it is game the co-founder and game director uh sefton hill actually you know announced it on twitter addressing fans that you know they wanted to know uh you know who wanted to know that the reveal of their latest project uh sefton confirmed that the team will be remaining in london and hard at work on this unknown project that we that is yet to be revealed uh the co-founder 
uh, again, has confirmed that it wasn't a Superman game. That doesn't mean it's not a DC-related game. It could be the Justice League. It could be something totally different. I think if they're smart, I mean, they could try to do something different, but, you know... Pokemon has been Game Freak has only done Pokemon. I, I think they're they are working on a brand new game. They have work. They are in the works of a brand new game. But for the most part, their biggest name uh, claim to fame has been Pokemon. And for them to be able to do one damn game for over a decade and become a phenomenon, and they are getting paid off of one game, that is a rare in the industry. A lot of people throw a lot of things to the wall to see if it sticks. They had one game, and that game since day one has been the reason why a lot of those people have salaries. That's amazing. Rocksteady is kind of in that kick, too. It's like, y'all don't have to, as long as y'all keep doing phenomenal, like, games like that, y'all don't really have to do too much, you know? So, we'll see. And I could be wrong, because the only games I've ever seen Rocksteady do were Batman. I don't know if they have another few games that they've, worked on or not I, i'm pre, i'm sure people can correct me on that but that's it i mean we'll see next next week is e3 i am looking forward to seeing what's going to happen i will be doing a recap episode i'm looking to see if i can get chris millicinus back on the show uh if you guys remember if you guys remember from last year when we did a recap chris millicinus is a, a game historian and ted talk speaker who I had a chance to meet and I actually read and purchased his game at the Smithsonian Museum when he had the Smithsonian uh, game uh, art of video game exhibit over there and the art of video games from Pac-Man to Mass Effect. Um, It was an awesome book. I believe it's still available on Amazon and other places. I highly recommend getting it and checking him out on TED Talk as well. He's really great. But he was on the show uh, for his second time on the show and he was he's absolutely great he's a great guy to get some insider uh info on he was at the event last year i'm pretty sure he's going to be there this year so i'm looking forward to hopefully getting him back on the show to talk about everything that has occurred at that event this year and the difference it will be or has been without sony this year because that's going to be the biggest question how is this going to be without any playstation anything or at least any first any triple a you know playstation games being announced or whatever like that i'm sure there'll be a lot of third-party games announced for playstation but playstation will not be there at all and and that leaves xbox and nintendo kind of in the open to see who's going to take the throne last year nintendo blew everybody away this year xbox has to have that opportunity to take over the throne it's only it's only those two and maybe some pc i don't know but it's up to those like it's it's neck and neck now this is not a triple threat match this is a one-on-one one fall to the finish match so we got it we're gonna see what's gonna happen here so i'm looking forward to it i uh, i don't know how this year is gonna fare and what the loss of sony is gonna do for you know it for it all but we'll see we'll see next week but that will do it ladies and gentlemen for this edition of select start guys thank you so very much this sunday I will be revealing the, uh, or I'm sorry, not revealing. I will be reviewing the final, final installment to the X Saga and Dark Phoenix. It's been a long journey for this uh, franchise. It started off very strong. The third one, you know, really damaged. I mean, really damaged the series forever. Uh, Even though they did come back 
with first class and days of future past which were really strong installments I, apocalypse was okay um you know what i just realized they're doing this dark phoenix thing it's the final movie at the end of apocalypse they reveal mr sinister interesting i don't i wonder if this movie is going to follow up with that because they that's interesting and i yeah that's very interesting we'll see so i'm gonna go to the movies tomorrow to see this movie i'm not expecting anything from it i'm just gonna see it if it's good if it's good if it is if it's bad i you know wasn't expecting much from it anyway but it's the final installment it's the final x-men movie before whatever marvel studios do with that franchise so let's see how this ends and we're going to talk about it this sunday on the talk time live prime show so stay tuned for that and much much more you can follow me at dex xavier josiah on instagram you can also check out our acmg facebook group if you're 18 or older with a legit five year or over profile page showing pictures of you and you interacting with people and like it like it's a real page and you're being really social that's the people we want we want fans we want you know people are fans of all things anime comics movies games so go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 and trust me you will not get in unless we feel that you have a legit site our legit profile page so just want to clear that up right there also you can check out this episode and all of our episodes on talktimelive.com including our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things acmg including molly flanagan kyle haber uh you know i haven't put that um that kevin conroy interview i did at keystone last year but i may put that up on the exclusive page as well tom gibbis the voice of shikamaru uh barato amanda c miller uh, just a horde of other people. I mean, game developers as well, uh, artists. You know, just if you want to check out all of that, it's all on our exclusive page. And if you're an inspiring artist or game developer or actor, you definitely want to check out that exclusive page because you'll get to learn a lot of what's going on in their in their worlds. And it's it's very educational and entertaining as well. So go out of your way to check it out. You could go on our exclusive page on talktimelive.com or just type in talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive. You could go on there and check it out and enjoy it from there. Uh, and then if you own iTunes, because iTunes is still up as we speak right now until the fall or whatever what they're going to do, you can check it out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. I always forget feel like i'm missing one but they're all on there you can check it out there as well so everybody thank you so much for the support please keep supporting us and there is more to come guaranteed in the world of talk time life so thank you guys uh and that'll do it on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there I, I will talk to you guys on sunday take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.